It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 7.06. Oilers at Kings tomorrow. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. 6 o'clock face-off show. Game will start at 8. So it looks like this uh, trade is going through, finally approved by the NHL. Uh, Elliot Friedman saying Ian Cole going to Ottawa from Pittsburgh. Uh, Derek Broussard will wind up with the Penguins. And uh, Vegas is going to get Ryan Reeves on a fourth-round pick. That's from Bob There's from Bob McKenzie. There's pieces of the trade being, being tweeted out, but it looks like it's finally uh, happening after being rumored for the last uh, eight or nine hours. On the ice, the Penguins lead the Hurricanes 4-1 late in the second. Early third, Minnesota with a 3-1 lead on the Rangers. Early second period, Jets taking it to the Blues, 3-0. Kyle Connor with his 22nd of the year. No score, Sharks and Hawks in the first. Canucks and Golden Knights start in an hour and a half. And of course, Olympic semifinal, Germany over Canada, 4-3. Germany and Russia for gold. Canada, Czech Republic for bronze. I'm pleased to welcome Terry Hunt to the show. Terry, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Thanks for uh, getting in touch with me. Uh, th- we were obviously playing phone tag, trying to set up an interview here. Uh, so this is actually the first time we've spoken live. So w- would I would I would describe you as an Edmontonian of German heritage. Is that relatively accurate? Um, actually, my father was an Edmontonian, and I grew up in Germany. He was stationed over there with the Canadians and met my mom, and I moved here about 11 years ago. I'm 35 now. Okay, so so you lived in Germany until you were 24. Yes, I did, and I played hockey over there. Oh, okay. So how, how would you describe the, the minor hockey scene, the junior hockey scene in Germany? Um, it's very small. You have to travel all over Germany, which is probably the, half the size of Alberta, just to play games. You only played on Saturdays. Um, you knew everyone. Everyone kind of knew you. Yeah, it's not the greatest sport to be in when soccer's in every little town. Right. I, I played my hockey three and a half hours away from home. I lived there. I moved away from home when I was 14. Oh, really? Okay, so and did you wind up playing pro there as well? Um, well, up to the second Bundesliga, so second league. Um, but I hurt myself very young into that. I shattered my shoulder. Oh. So, okay. Yeah, but I played against players like Marcel Gotch. We played a lot against each other and with each other. Yeah. 
So was the, because Dreisaitl's dad obviously was on the Olympic team in the 90s. Was the Dreisaitl name uh, like big in the hockey community even before Leon? Um, he was actually. I mean, he holds a record for most goals, I believe, in the Canada Cup for Germany. And he, he was he was pretty big. I mean, there was a lot of other big names there, but you always know who Dreisaitl was. And, I mean, it's even bigger now. They loved him over there, right? Right, right. So, okay. So you must have been pretty excited then when Leon wound up an oiler. Oh, man. Yeah, you wouldn't believe it. I I bought, like, I have every jersey from him. I have, I bought his stick from the World Cup of Hockey. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. Awesome. Terry Hunt joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, so did you get up and watch this morning? <laughs> I did, actually. I did. I, um, I, asked, I even missed a little bit of work so I can watch the game. Um, it's a big game. I mean, growing up in my family, dad Canadian, mom German, it was always a big battle. I mean, we never really had a chance. And now this year with the NHL not going, it was I kind of saw it as a chance that Germany can do something because they play together all the time, right? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. So, well, give me the experience because the, the previous two games were both overtime, right? And then yes. this one got tense. I mean, the, the, you've you've survived some tense finishes here. So it was it was actually very nuts. Like when it was four one, I'm like, ah, Canada's done. They're not like this isn't a team to come back. Canada normally they're never done. I mean, they, with their players, right? But this year I was like, they're done. And then it was four two, then four three, and then the last couple minutes I had a heart attack. No one could talk to me. Like my cousin was up, and I, I was staying with him because I'm working out of town and he was up with me watching the game of course he's cheering for Canada and I'm just sitting on the couch I I told him don't talk to me it's too nerve-wracking and then when they won it was just amazing so no so you you obviously found yourself or you always cheer for Germany that's that's there you're always your first choice um not necessarily it's between Canada and Germany but when Canada and Germany get together I like to cheer for Germany just because they're the underdog. And other than that, like, it's Team Canada. I mean, Team Canada in hockey, soccer is always Germany. Just growing up, I mean, I could never watch Canada in soccer, sadly. Well, so, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. We, we could do a full hour on that, Terry, but we won't today. <laughs> um, all right, well, let me ask you this before we, we keep going with the Olympic angle. Okay, so where, so soccer is number one in Germany. What's yeah. two, three, four? Like, where does hockey come in? Um, hockey's like fourth or fifth. I mean, you have handball, you have volleyball. Those are all major sports in Germany. It's just everything except hockey because you just can't get the rinks over there. Uh, sometimes you travel an hour to go to the next rink. So people dri- drive in an hour to practice because there's no hockey rink. So where did you live in Germany? Um, right in Baden-Baden, so right where the Canadian base was. Okay, and right. I was lucky enough to have the Canadian, they kept the Canadian rink, so we were lucky enough that I only had to walk 10 minutes, and after my dad retired from the military or went out, he became the guy who drove the Zamboni in the rink. So my brother and I got to practice all day long, and he had a key, and then when I was 14, I decided to go down to Robinsburg, which is down by the Swiss border. Oh, neat. And I, and I played there because their team was just a next step up. And, yeah, I knew I could make it somewhere further then. 
Okay, awesome. Okay, so uh, what will this what will this mean in, in like they're going to get a gold or a silver? Obviously, they're you know they're going to be in tough against the Russians, but they've been in tough three games in a row and and figured it out. Will this be like a big story, like an ongoing story in Germany, or will this be a distraction for the weekend and then it's back to soccer and other uh, sports? No, it's going to be an ongoing story. I mean, this they've only ever won two Olympic medals, one in 1923, I believe, and one in 1971 or something like that, and it was both bronze, so they've never done anything like this, and it's just so much for the, the ice sport, right, for hockey, because... Now they can see, oh, wow, our team can do it without a dry sidle or whatever. And all my friends online, they're like from Facebook, they're all posting it. I have a friend, he was actually, he's volunteering at the Olympics and he was at the game and he was posting live feed from there and they're just going nuts, right? Oh, jeez, I guess so. So so the gold medal game uh, is in 26 hours, I believe. What are your yeah. plans, dare I ask? <laughs> I'm going to be watching the game. Yeah, I'll be I'll be watching Canada beat the Czech, and then I'll be watching Germany. I'm not going to say it, but we all know what I'm thinking. Okay, but can you watch in a group, or do you need to be by yourself? I imagine you'll be as nervous as you've been in a while watching um, a game. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be by my I'm going to be by myself, or maybe a friend or so with me. But I won't be going to a bar. I won't be. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> okay, well. You know, Terry, thanks for sharing your experience and a bit of your life story uh, as well. And again, I know you were probably surprised to all of a sudden have uh, someone from Chad trying to get you on a talk show about an yeah. hour ago. So thanks someone for being open. Someone called me from the German club and said, hey, they need someone who knows hockey and you know hockey. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, I really, you must have loved Leon's game last night too. Jeez. Oh, man, his first goal and then his assist. I mean, unbelievable. He, he he hasn't had the best year this year again. I mean, last year was a little better. Everybody expects more, but I mean, it's the eight million dollar contract that everybody expects. But he's just unbelievable. He does it when we need him, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, Terry. Well, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll talk to you again, uh, yeah, seeing what the result is like. That's that's a pretty cool story. Thanks for making time for us, man. Keep in touch, okay? Call after they win gold. Excellent stuff. That is Terry Hunt checking in tonight. So there you have it. He's uh, 35 years old, uh, now in Edmonton, lived in Germany until he was 24, play, played a lot of hockey when he was there, and uh, he's been he's been losing his mind all week. <laughs> he's been going crazy. Uh, disappointing loss, obviously, for Canada, but I think we knew with uh, the tournament without the NHLers, could, could be a little more wide open, a little more prone to upsets, and uh, Canada just couldn't figure it out in time this morning. It is 7-16. I got a little bit more from uh, from Peter Shirelli. More time for your calls and texts. 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Only German rock song I know. This is Der Kommissar. Isn't by Fire. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, or forgive me for being wrong. Mm. Wasn't isn't Autograph a German band, and they didn't turn up the radio? I'll have to Google that and see. Well, because that's a classic. That track. is a classic. If that's the case, that's a game changer. Okay, here's the trade. I just uh, getting it here on the Senators' website. So, Derek Brassard 
Vincent Dunn and Ottawa's third-round pick in 2018 go to the Penguins. Uh, the Senators get goaltending prospect Philip Gustafson, defenseman Ian Cole, a 2018 first-rounder, and a 2019 first-rounder from the Penguins. Uh, Vegas also involved in this deal. Uh, just trying to piece this together on the fly here. So anyway, the Broussard's the big part of that. Broussard does go to the Pittsburgh Penguins. There you go. Sean says... Oh, Sean's so nice. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean says, uh, read your last interview, convinced me to cheer for Germany. Going to pop in miracle for inspiration, but not until after the world's best sports show, of course. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Ramstein? There we go. Check autograph, though. Now I'm curious. I have their Wikipedia up, and they say they are from Pasadena, California. No, are you serious? So the farthest <laughs> away from Germany you can get. I thought they were European. <laughs> Is that they spell autograph with an F at the end? No. I've, I've, then I'm totally confused. Which <laughs> people were, who the, the, the people like right. Sean who listen all the time will know that's yeah. par for the course. The, the texture's uh, right. I t- completely forgot about Ramstein. I should have uh, known that because that's right in my wheelhouse. That's new metal yeah, from the late nineties. You, you I thought you would know that because you, you have a good niche knowledge that I don't always. I have, have a large uh, library of CDs, including all of the big shiny tunes. That's great. I, I don't know if I'll just quickly get to the, mention this here. We have a, a person in the newsroom, Morgan Black. Mm-hmm. Very talented uh, young employee we have here. And there's, she did not have the pleasure of growing up in the 1980s like I did. So we often talk about music. So a, f- a couple times a week, I'll send her a, uh, a video from the 1980s. Right. Uh you know, I've sent her Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran, uh, Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle, Carlisle photographed by Def, like all over the map. This Not, week on Reed's Rock yeah, Education. I, I said I was going to do it every day, but it's probably more like two or three times a week. So I just say, hey, these are some songs from the 80s, how the videos looked, how people dressed, you know, how the music sounded. So people are going to laugh. And we won't, we won't go into this video, but the people who remember it, I hope you get a little bit of a chuckle or maybe remind yourself on YouTube later tonight. The, mm-hmm. other, the other the other day, I sent her the song "Rock Hard" by Kiss. Okay, <laughs> I, I I don't recall that video, but I'll have to Google well, it. Well, it involves Paul Stanley and a trapeze. It's quite, right. it's quite. I don't think they meant it to be comical, but it, but it was uh, comical. Aren't the Scorpions from Germany? Several people sing. How did we miss that one? There we go. There's another one. So Scorpions now we can play the uh, "Rock You Like a Hurricane." Yes, absolutely. Well, I got my soundtrack figured out for the rest of the show. So there we go. Peter Shirelli, of course, spoke to the media today pre-trade deadline. It's Monday at 1. We're going to have a special show starting at 11 a.m. on Monday. We'll go till 3-ish in the afternoon. Now, you can get the full Shirelli news conference on 630Ched.com. Here's what he said about uh, the demand, the interest in Maroon and Latestu. There's interest in those players, and we've also talked to those players about uh, about resigning. Um, there's, there's. I mean, the, the, these are two playoff-proven players uh, from last year and, and tests from other years. Uh, they're very versatile players. They, they bring a level of uh, experience and expertise in certain areas. So there's interest there. I mean, it's never, you know, I, it's, I don't like talking about these these players specifically in in the trade context, but it's it's a reality. So there's interest there, and you know, we'll see where it goes. 
You know, I think those players are probably going to be traded on, on Monday. As Shirelli did mention, there's bigger stuff going on that he's not a part of. He talked about wanting to get a prospect. I, I would think he'll try to tr- pry a prospect from somebody for Patrick Maroon. Latestu, we're looking at a... I mean, maybe you can get the fourth rounder back that you traded for Al Montoya. I think that's that's reasonable. If we didn't really talk about Camilleri. I don't, I don't know if there's much market for Camilleri, but I, I would expect Maroon and Latestu to both be traded before Monday at 1. He was also asked, all right, so you're going to get rid of guys. You, you're unlikely to bring in somebody that's going to play immediately. Should fans brace for a lot of losses in the final 20 games? I hope not. And, and, and like, I hope, like, lighten the team, like, we're in... Trading so lighten guys. the team right now where... We're where we're at. So, I mean, sometimes it goes the other way when you lighten the team. Shirelli was also asked, are teams trying to get other players besides the UFAs away from the Oilers? I'm confident in the players that that we don't want to trade. So it's not tempting. They're asking, but they've stopped asking. How long would that list be? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so he he wasn't going to give us the list. He just smiled, and then that made us all laugh uh, because he wasn't going to answer Rashad's question. So now you can read into that what you want. Is he not going to trade Nugent Hopkins' cleft bomb now? Is he not going to trade them ever? Is he going to trade them in the summer? And he, he did talk a little bit about, yes, that is a lot of money to play three centers, but as we've been talking about on the show, is Dreisaitl necessarily going to be used as a center? Travis says, Hi, Reed. Many recognized hockey personalities have commented on the fact that it's so difficult to find someone who meshes and plays well with Crosby. The same can be said of McDavid. Just look at how many players have flanked him on either side. But the fact is, the Oilers do have someone who meshes well, and it's Leon Dreisaitl. It's huge. It should not be overlooked, despite the fact that he is a center, and on any other team, he would have his own line. Versatility equals priceless. It is interesting. I think a lot of you are perhaps starting to get your mind changed a little bit about the frequency they need to play together. Just breaking from the Olympics, Reed, we got another gold medal in men's big air, Sebastian Touton. We got another medal. Thank you, Kellen. Record total keeps climbing. Inside Sports on Chet. We're coming back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. There we go. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 7.34. Today's Friday. I just realized that. I mean, I knew it, but sometimes I don't really realize it. But we have Oilers broadcast tomorrow, 6 o'clock face-off show, 8 o'clock puck drop, Edmonton at L.A., and then Sunday, 4.30 face-off show, game at 6, Edmonton at Anaheim, trade deadline coverage on Monday. All right, here's this trade. Derek Broussard goes to Pittsburgh along with Vince Dunn, Tobias Lindbergh, and a third-rounder in 2018. Ottawa gets defenseman Ian Cole, goalie prospect Philip Gustafson, first rounder in 18, third rounder in 19. Vegas gets Ryan Reeves, 
and a fourth rounder in June. And I believe Brassard, I'm still piecing this together because there's a lot out there. I, I believe Brassard goes through Vegas and they retain some of his money. All right, sound sort of like it makes sense. Anyway, he, Broussard winds up in Pittsburgh. Well, Vegas got a lot more tougher to play against with Reeves on their lineup. Well, how too. often is he going to play, though? That's uh, Again, that's yeah, another I mean, question. I guess, yeah, I mean, he's a deterrent that, that if you need him, you can throw him in maybe in a playoff series to quiet things down. I don't know. Anyway, that's the deal. Uh, Broussard does go to the Penguins. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Now open Wednesdays. Don't miss the five-course, five-bench creek brewing beer dinner on March 5th. Tickets are just 50 bucks. More details at northchickenyeg.com. Great location, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. And uh, I'll give a little plug for Brench, Bench Creek Brewing as well. Uh, they're out in the uh, Edson area, I believe, and they make some pretty good stuff. So there you go. You can pick some up at Sherbrooke Liquor in their big beer fridge, big Ooh, beer cooler. Sounds good. Yeah, it's Friday. People want to grab a beverage? Nothing wrong with having one while you're listening to Inside Sports. Have some chips. You can go back and listen to Inside Sports uh, throughout the weeks on the podcast page, too. Wild leading the Rangers 4-1. Oh, they've beaten the Rangers 4-1. Mini wins 4-1. Penguins up 4-1 on the Hurricanes early third. In the second period, Jets leading the Blues 4-zip. Sharks and Blackhawks scoreless early second period. Canucks and Golden Knights get going a little bit later on. Let's going to see if we got a hockey score from Claire Drake Arena. Playoff game for the uh, Golden Bears. Don't see a score there yet. Golden Bears taking on... Mount Royal, game one of a best-of-three Canada West semifinal. The winner will get a spot in Nationals. Obviously, if the Bears win, they uh, host the championship series next weekend. Oil Kings trailing the Calgary Hitmen, one nothing. That one is late in the first period. Okay, I uh, just want to hit on a couple more Peter Shirelli highlights here from his media availability today. Here's what he said about uh, do you have three centers or do you have the three guys we think of as centers playing on two lines? I don't have a definitive answer to that, Ryan. Um, I, it, globally, I like the coach to have the ability to, to, to make those changes as the game goes, and that's kind of the approach we took into the year. Um, fiscally, from putting that amount of money into three, three centers, that doesn't mean Leon is not a winger and then... So I'm not suggesting trading any center. Um, it, it probably doesn't make sense to have that amount of money in your centers. Is Newton Hopkins an option on the wing? Or do you guys know that? Do you have that answer? I don't have that answer, but he has played the wing. All right, so there you go. He said it doesn't make that much sense to have three money in your centers, but maybe Dreisaitl can be a winger, and he wants McClellan to have flexibility. Uh, I would be fine with that. I'm starting to think more and more, have those three guys on the top two lines in various combinations. Certainly, Drysdale and McDavid is a deadly combination. I'm very reluctant to part with Nugent Hopkins, given some of the other trades that have been made recently that uh, are now kind of painful, especially one of them. Um, 
but I think you've you've sort of waited this long for Ryan Nugent Hopkins to find his game at both ends of the rink and be a leader on the team and and hopefully play on a better team going forward. I'd like to see him stick around. Just my opinion. Could the Canadian Football League get a 10th team finally in Halifax? Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the league, was out there talking about that. And uh, we're going to go out to Acadia University, former Edmonton Eskimo Elliot Richardson on the line. Elliot, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm uh, fantastic. Uh, thanks for taking the time to, to get me on the line today. Yeah, right on. Good to uh, chat with you. Of course, you're a former Edmonton Eskimo. You also played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And uh, before we, we dive into some other stuff about uh, the possibility of the CFL landing in the Maritimes at last, let people know uh, what you're up to. How has your life unfolded since you finished in the CFL? Uh, well, since uh, since I guess you know the CFL had enough of me, and you know I had a bit of a choice to be done with the CFL. Um, I, I took a, a role up at Acadia University out in Nova Scotia, just an hour north of Halifax, where I went to school um, as a, as their strength conditioning coach about six years ago. Um, so right now. Um, I oversee the training for, for all 10 teams here at Acadia, and uh, including football, obviously. And then I also run a business here, um, work with some athletes uh, locally, and then also athletes at the Canadian Sports Institute, as well as uh, teach some classes here at Acadia as well. Too. So it's definitely grown, um, and you know, I have a pretty, pretty really good staff that helps support me. But uh, right now, it's, uh, you know, my mission statement has been to try and give all the athletes here at Acadia and locally the opportunities I wish I had from a strength conditioning perspective because I knew that the training that uh, that I went through was was you know one of the prime reasons why I was able to play in the CFL. So give me a sense of uh, like how much do you like that? What what keeps you going with that? What makes you feel great about going to work every day? Because obviously you've you've transitioned still at a relatively young age from the performer mm-hmm. to more of the mentor. Uh, it's, well, I mean just. Uh, the, the, for me, it's the constant thirst for, for getting better, the same I had when I was an athlete. Uh, now it's just uh, imparting that onto my onto my athletes here, and obviously being part of a team or teams uh, is, is a huge piece. And I mean, I always enjoyed the preparation aspect of, of training, getting ready for a season, and now that's my primary role to oversee that. So I get to be in, you know involved in seeing our team successes, which we've had a lot of over the last five or six years. Um, but uh, it's, you know, I don't, even though I work, you know, coaches hours long. Long hours, long days, long years. Um, it doesn't feel like work because I'm, I'm getting up and I'm doing doing what I love, and I get to spend most of my time in the gym, uh, or out in the field working with athletes and uh, and and mentoring a lot of them as well too. So it's uh, you know the ability to impact impact the younger generation and see them transition on to either the CFL or or just to be outstanding individuals and human beings is, has been phenomenal. Elliot, you, you grew up in Toronto. But you went to school at Acadia, and obviously you've chosen to go back to Acadia after your playing career. How come? Mm-hmm. How, what, what is it about, uh, you know, Wolfville, uh, Acadia, was, uh, the Maritimes? There was just something in the air. I mean, I, I went on my recruiting trip to, to Acadia, uh, I think around February, March, and, and just fell in love with the place. There was also, for, for me, it was, there was great opportunity to be had in terms of a role at free safety um, that I would have a chance to compete early on. and 
and, and won. But uh, I think it was, uh, you know, I, I, I thrived in a, in a smaller school and I succeeded academically because of that and uh, enjoyed the small town aspect. And even though I was a Toronto boy, uh, I enjoyed sort of a little bit more of the, the easy living. And, and now as a professional, I mean, um, you know, I have the luxury of being able to, to live in a part of the country that's affordable in terms of housing and uh, has all the everything that I'd want out of, a, you know, I guess, a big city, so to speak. Um, but I still have some of the, you know, the, the small town parts of Naval to go hiking and, and doing outdoor stuff and, uh, and uh, a bit of a slower pace of life as well, too. Elliot Richardson joining us on Inside Sports, former Edmonton Eskimos defensive back, as he's been telling you, now uh, working in strength and conditioning and other ventures uh, at Acadia University. So, Elliot, one of the, the stories here in Canadian football that's sort of been ongoing for a while is, is the speculation, the anticipation of uh, the Maritimes getting a team, of Halifax getting a team. Now, as someone who's made that part of your world the home, uh, give me, first of all, your, your sense of possible excitement about that and your sense of, you know, realistically, would it be able to work there? I think from an excitement perspective, talking to people here, there's there's definitely a buzz about it. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity, you know, to play in, in the Moncton game in 2010 uh, during uh, um, the, uh, the touchdown Atlantic year when they were trying to get that off the ground. And at that time, you know, Moncton was, was the target uh, market, I guess, to see if it would be viable. And I guess they're... Well, from what I understand from a business perspective, their analysis was that Moncton is, you know, has more central to St. John and Halifax and would be able to draw a greater, um, you know, greater overall fan base. Um, but right now, in terms of Halifax, I think that's that's got to be the destination of choice. It's a, it's a pretty big, um, it's a pretty big uh, city center if you include it in the, the surrounding area, and then Moncton's only a few hours away. Um, but there's a there's a lot of business, uh, a lot of businesses in the area. Um, it's a growing population. Um, we don't have um, a major, you know, a major sports team, so to speak. The biggest, I guess, deal in town is is the QMJHL, and the Halifax Mooseheads are one of the best attended, uh, best attended uh, uh, Q products that there is, and uh, and really well followed. But I mean, that's a, that's more of a winter sport, and and U Sports or CIS, as it used to be known, is is well attended and, and, and we you know we host a lot of major championships for basketball and hockey out here and um, I think that uh, it could be viable from that perspective but I mean there's been a lot of excitement and uh, if I were a player it would certainly be a place I'd want to be. Well let me ask you this Elliot and, and you mentioned obviously the, the Quebec Major Junior League and U Sports does really well out there football, basketball, a lot, a lot of great hockey teams and games that are well attended. Mm-hmm. Is I mean would fans just say okay well now there's the CFL we're automatically going to go or, or or would they say you know what we already have teams we follow we don't we don't need to uh you know have a cfl team because sometimes there are you know university fans that that's their ingrained culture that's that's their first passion mm-hmm. so could the cfl step right in there and and have a big following I think if they maybe if they strategically work together, I, I, I think a mistake would be if they tried to be something a completely separate product, and and tried to maybe steal fans away from them. But I think if they if they joined forces with Atlantic University Sport, um, some of the you know football Nova Scotia, football New Brunswick became a bit more of a partnership. I'd see I think they'd see tremendous success. I mean I looked on the uh, you know I still follow the Eskimos and everything there, and I saw the the announcement uh, that came across the screen of. Uh, um, you know all the 50/50 donations that were going to various minor football groups in in um, in Edmonton, and you look at that as as a 
Edmonton is kind of you know an ideal situation where you know the minor football programs and the Eskimos work together, and it, it works really well both ways. They're not trying to you know rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. Um, so I think if they if they uh, strategically form some relationships, um, I think that they would do do uh, do a tremendous job um, because it certainly fills a gap um, over the summer and into the fall where you know the Moose has really haven't kicked up. There's not too much in terms of uh, sports franchises. Um, uh, that go on during the summer and, and early into the fall, and as long as they could maybe work with Atlantic University Sport um, to to maybe not step on the toes of, of some of the football products, then could be a, a tremendous partnership. You mentioned the touchdown Atlantic game in 2010 in Moncton. You were playing for the Eskimos. They beat Toronto 24-6. You're going to have to refresh my memory here, but didn't you come painfully close to scoring a touchdown? Uh, painfully would be a good word. It came, you know, one. If I was maybe, you know, five foot eleven, um, I would have gotten in the end zone. But I'm only about five eight and, uh, and a bit on a good day. So um, I initially scored, but uh, on replay, they found that I, I got brought down and my knees hit just as the ball was about to cross the line. So um, that was certainly an exciting game for me. And uh, um, it's funny now I see some of the, the football players that are from the Moncton area that come into the weight room um, and they they have the touchdown Atlantic shirt. And, um, and they'll be like, we at that game, and, and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I was there. It's like, oh, I was the guy that got locked down at one, and we'll have a bit of a laugh. But uh, so it's in, but they, you know, back then they probably didn't have a concept of who I was or that I'd be their coach right now. Was that a was that a blocked field goal, a fumble return? What was that? It was a. I guess it got credit as an interception because Cleo Lemon and Javi Glatt was uh, <clears throat> hitting him as he threw the ball, and I happened to be on a blitz as well and uh, dove over Cleo. Um, grabbed the ball which because it was going forward technically counted as the interception okay hit the ground and got up going and and uh, uh one of the running backs caught me from behind um so i did it for i made up for it by uh getting the pick later in the game um wasn't able to return that one but it was uh, uh it's a good game and um was able to have of the jersey on my wall right here of being recognized as defensive and canadian player of the week so that's something that's gonna just stay with me forever Right on. Well, Elliot, it sounds like you're really enjoying life and uh, helping out a lot of young athletes there at Acadia. So thanks for checking in with us and giving us a sense on the, uh, the football community there and the, and the uh, realism. Sounds like you're pretty optimistic about a team for Halifax. Good to catch up with you, buddy. No, I think you too. Appreciate it. Elliot Richardson, former Edmonton Eskimo, grew up in Toronto, now living in the Maritimes. He thinks it would work in Halifax. I think the commissioner believes that as well, and he said maybe by the Grey Cup in Edmonton in November, they'll know more about having a team. Okay, so we got a text to the afternoon news, and I I said to the texter, if you uh, call in during Inside Sports, we'll try to get you on. Ken Staples is on the line. Ken, uh, what's going on in Lac-Labiche again? We're uh, hosting the Lac-Labiche Winter Festival of Speed. Okay, so who races in this? It's the Western Championship for cars racing on a dedicated track for uh, snowmobiles, uh, drag racing on a, on a snowmobile drag strip. And we have an oval track where uh, motorcycles, quads, and UTV side-by-sides race. And these are all for Western Championships. The uh, motorcycle racing is also the final race in the, in the National Championship Series. Okay, maybe a stupid question, but are they, are they racing right on ice, or what's the track? They're racing right on ice. The, the snowmobiles race on a, on a hard-packed uh, snow track, but the uh, the cars and the motorcycles are on, on bare ice. Okay. Uh, when uh, when and where exactly? Well, it's in Lac La Biche, right in front of the town. It starts tomorrow morning at uh, uh, 10 o'clock and uh, goes through the weekend. Okay. Got a website? Uh, yes, we do. 
ClassicWheels.org. ClassicWheels.org. So this is on yep. Black Labiche all throughout the weekend. So yep. these are like experienced, dedicated drivers then? These are, these are the, the cream of the crop, and they're, they're, they're all going for championships. Okay. Anybody local we should know about? Well, uh, it's, it's a lot of local uh, drivers uh, out of Edmonton uh, and, and area uh, in the cars. Uh, the, the motorcycles are primarily based out of southern Alberta, and the snowmobiles, uh, it's, it's a western series, so we'll have uh, riders from across the prairies for that. Awesome. Ken, uh, we gotta we, we got to give you more time next time there's something going on, but thanks for calling, okay? Okay. It's Ken Staples, ClassicWheels.org. Big event in uh, Lacklebish this weekend. Inside Sports on Chet. Okay, 4-1, Minnesota beats the Rangers. The Penguins taking it to the Hurricanes at 6-1 with seven minutes left. After two, the Jets are up 4-0 on the Blues. Line A has his 29th. Chicago up 1-0 on San, San Jose halfway through the game. Still to come tonight, Vancouver at Vegas. Calgary Hitmen lead the Edmonton Oil Kings 1-0 after the first Mount Royal up 1-0 on the Golden Bears early second period. Game one of a best of three Canada West semifinal. Game one of the other semi after two. Calgary and the U of S tied 1-1. That three-way deal today, Vegas, Ottawa, and Pittsburgh. Derek Brassard goes to Pittsburgh. Ian Cole winds up in Ottawa, Ryan Reeves in Vegas. There were other players and, and money involved, but the, that's uh, kind of the, the names I think that'll mean the most to you in that. Peter Shirelli spoke today. Oilers GM pre-trade deadline. Here's really the, the key comment from today. We're not going to blow it up. So if that's if that's the definition of remodeling, then, then um, you know, there's, there's some areas that we have to tweak. I've always felt that the margins are very small in this league, and if, if you're not within the margins, you can be where we are, and that's, that's where we are. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for speed. Um, uh, we hope to address that a little bit as far as prospects in return. Uh, that's kind of the primary objective of this deadline. I, it's, 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 it's tough sledding right now. So um, we can always get picks, but I prefer not to. But you never know where it's, that's going to go. As far as hockey deals, um, we're looking at a couple. I don't know where they sit right now. There's there's some kind of larger action going on right now, and and we're not in it. So, but so much happens in the course of two, three, four days. So we'll just be on top of it. Um, but back to your kind of your global question. We want to improve the speed. We have to obviously improve uh, uh, some other areas that I don't know if we'll be able to improve them in this trade deadline. But we're looking, we're looking at, it. we're looking at a lot of different things um, without blowing up the team. Get all of Shirelli's comments on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Trade deadline is Monday at one. We'll have a special show starting at 11 a.m. tomorrow at six. I'll be back with you on the face-off show, and then the game between the Oilers and Kings is at eight. On the face-off show, uh, scheduled to join us from South Korea, Megan Mickelson, who got a silver medal with the Canadian women's hockey team. Thanks to the producer of this show, Dave Campbell. Studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Have a great weekend. 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chet.